0: It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Thanks for being along with us. Again, we always remind you, if you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed, wherever podcasts are available to you. And uh, we appreciate you, and we want to hear from you as well at Game Day Cleveland. All right, Daryl, so I kind of went on a rant in the last segment just about the production value of what we were watching and the ability to tell a story. I Just your your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I, I look – Uh, Your job as the interviewer is not to be the star of the piece. And I felt like uh, O'Brien ended up being the star of the piece instead of allowing those accusers to tell their story. And it just it felt to me like she was trying to prompt the accusers to say certain things. And that that's just not how it's done. Um, I, I again, I, I respect the difficulty of the subject matter. Uh, I respect the accusers for their willingness to sit down, to be on camera, to talk about an experience that obviously uh, was traumatizing for them. But when we're just talking from a journalistic perspective here, I just, I don't think it was presented very well. And I 100% agree with you. They spent entire. Everyone knows what's going on with Deshaun Watson. You don't need to spend the first five minutes of the piece. Rehashing everything that's been in the news for the last year concerning Deshaun Watson. Get to the accusers. That's why we're all tuning in to hear what they have to say. Um, and and so I absolutely agree uh, with uh, your observations there. Um, and you know uh, I, I I think that. As I said earlier, it did nothing to sway the court of public opinion either way. And I already knew going in, and I understand why they they do it. They put out some quotes because they want us to talk and write about it. The problem for HBO there was they released, as we call, we call them in the business, the money quotes, uh, right. the headline quotes. And they released all those. So when I watched that piece— uh, earlier this week, there was no new information that came out. I already knew everything, and I think that that took away and did a disservice to uh, the message that the accusers wanted to convey uh, in those interviews. So, yeah, it, it I, I, I just I felt like it was an, a journalistic opportunity that was not. Uh, Maximized, and again, I understand how callous that sounds uh, when we're having a conversation about what we're having a conversation about here. Um, but that's we're we're talking from just a journalistic perspective, picking this thing apart. Uh, we had both lawyers on the station this week, uh, both Harden and Busby. Uh, both of them advocated uh, for uh, their clients uh, in this case rusty Harden for deshaun watson uh I, I thought he did a great job answering a, a lot of really difficult questions that i think a lot of us have uh, about this situation and, and of course uh, tony busby on behalf of these 22 women who uh, you know have accused deshaun watson of some pretty gross behavior all
0: right so let's hear from some of the stuff that was on during the week and here's tony busby and you know again busby is the uh the lawyer for the 22 uh, plaintiffs in this trying to go after um, Deshaun Watson, and and I don't I go they they go after I don't know if that's the right thing they they are accusing Deshaun Watson of uh, you know sexual misconduct and trying to settle this in civil court and not in criminal court so I just I want to make sure I'm saying that correctly uh, but here's Tony Busby he was on the afternoon show and I like the one of the big questions I've had is how did this not go criminal. How did this not become a criminal case? And so the the question becomes, how did two grand juries not indict or no bill um, Deshaun Watson?
2: the old adage is you can indict a ham sandwich. But the opposite is true as well. If the if the DA doesn't want an indictment, he or she will absolutely do what it takes to get that veil of protection. So nobody comes at the DA and says, you didn't investigate, you didn't charge this case when you should have. So I would suggest to you that the DA did not want an indictment.
0: Uh, Tony, Busby. So I, I don't know. Uh, and I'll be honest. I asked another attorney about that, and this other attorney, who's a local attorney, said, and this is, uh, this was a prosecutor that told me and said essentially the same thing Tony Busby said there, that if a DA thinks they don't have enough evidence to convict, it's a hard struggle for them when they go to the grand jury and say, uh, we need to indict this person. What do you think of what Tony said?
1: Well, the. Yeah, from a prosecutorial standpoint, they do not they do not want to go to court uh, without the ability to get a conviction. And if they don't have that ability, if if they their evidence is not strong enough, the last thing they want is to take Deshaun Watson to court in a criminal matter and Watson be acquitted. Um, that. Th- th- their job as prosecutors is to plead their case in front of the jury and present evidence that will result in a conviction. That is their job. The defense, obviously, their job is to uh, advocate uh, the innocence uh, of their client and get an acquittal. So, yeah, it, it totally makes sense that if there wasn't enough evidence, and let's be honest about it, Andy, when you're talking about sexual misconduct, sexual assault, alleged sexual misconduct and assault, Um, this is, this isn't just the Deshaun Watson thing. This is prevalent in these cases, uh, in general. Um, you know, it's, it's very, uh, difficult at times to get convictions in these cases because of a lack of evidence. And part of the reason there is a lack of evidence, unfortunately, is because, Women who are traumatized uh, by these crimes, um, they don't report them right away or they don't report them at all for a variety of reasons. And uh, that uh, inability uh, to have that evidence uh, and ends up in a lot of cases not being prosecuted or it results in acquittals. And uh, so in this case, because in you know, the, the, the either the prosecutor's view and uh, obviously the grand jury there there just was not enough there to charge Watson criminally. And so the other avenue for these women is to sue uh, Deshaun Watson for damages, uh, um, you know, uh, emotional distress uh, and, and things along those lines. So that, you know, that's where we are in this situation is that just the, the reason he wasn't prosecuted is well, the prosecutors didn't have enough evidence to win a conviction. And oftentimes when that happens, prosecutors do not want to go into a courtroom with a case that they don't absolutely feel like they can win.
0: Yeah. It's, I think it's one of the golden rules of being an attorney. You always have to know what the answer is before you ask the question. Correct. And when you look at a situation like this, it's like if they know what the answer is going to be, after they ask a grand jury the question, you know, if, if you know, you especially as an attorney, you, you, you better know the answer before. Um, the other thing, too, and I, I think you bring up a great point, is that, and I said this in our last podcast, and it, it's not only women, it's men, too, who are abused. Uh, and men are way less likely to report to the police when there's um, abuse or uh, and sexual abuse going on that they won't do it, you know. And so I think that... You know, I always I look at these cases and I, like I was listening to the to the plaintiffs in the case and I, I you know, like I was shocked, especially at one of the things that was I've read it before, but I, it was the first time I'd actually seen someone say it and I'm just I, I, I'm shocked because I, I don't always live in the case that we're talking about. I'm talking about I always think about other people out there who may be abused male or female, and how this affects them and if this sometimes could empower them. But sometimes could also make them not want to say another word because they don't want to go through, they don't want to go through the scrutiny or the media or opening up their lives. And so it's just I, I always look at the bigger picture on these stories, whether it's right. Deshaun Watson or anybody else. So because um, often
1: what happens is the victims are put on trial. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean that that is that it, it is a defense tactic, um, and it, and a a lot of uh, victims just. Don't want to go through that uh, again. Now the question becomes, you know, can they settle this in in civil court? Certainly, I'm sure the Browns would like Watson to settle this thing. Uh, I think that uh, the NFL absolutely wants this thing settled because they don't want this to continue to be in the headlines here perpetually over the next uh, 12 months. And that is also something that Busby addressed on afternoon drive on the fan.
2: First off, the release they gave us with, the, with all of the NDAs, non-disclosures, it was just not going to happen. I spent some time modifying that. And even after doing that, there were, I want to say, four women who just said, I'm never going to sign it. I'm never going to settle, period. So at first they said, to make this trade, we need to settle all 22, and then they said, well, maybe it'd be okay if it was 20, and then finally they said 18, and then I guess the deadline came and went, and that was the end of that. And since then, I am more focused on, the judge is pretty strict about her deadline, trying to get all the discovery work done, deposition as such, by July. So that's what I've been focused on, and you know there hadn't been any talks that I'm aware of since. Nobody's mentioned it to me, and I'm certainly not going to raise it. So Darryl, I think, I? You, know, yeah. you know,
1: so I think right now we're at a point where that part just has to play itself out. Whatever happens in civil court has to play it out. It, it, it doesn't do uh, anyone any good to, to to speculate or offer opinions or conjecture uh, about the civil cases. To me now it's about is Deshaun Watson going to be available week one? Like that. that's that's the number one question. I say no. I I think that Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended. The NFL has a lot of latitude here. Uh, When it comes to the personal conduct policy, I think it's going to be very easy for the NFL to say to Deshaun, you've made us look really, really bad with these civil suits, so we are suspending you for that. Not so much for what you're accused of or what we in our investigation uncovered and think that you are guilty of, but you've given the league a black eye and that's why we're going to suspend you. I think that that ultimately, when this uh, comes down, uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell said they're close to the end of the investigative portion of this thing, that that's winding down. Uh, So hopefully in the coming weeks here, certainly before training camp, I I think we'll have some sort of a resolution. But yeah, I, I think that Deshaun Watson at this point probably is going to be suspended more for the negative headlines rather than what he's been accused of.
0: So here's my question because this is where the new step comes in, right? This is Sue Robinson, the federal judge. So now let's just say – let's say they settled today, okay? Or not settled. The league decides that they've decided – and I'm just throwing out random games because just like you said, eight games. Say they say eight games. Then what happens is Deshaun's group appeals or the NFLPA appeals on Deshaun's behalf – and now you enter into the new CBA, what happens there? Is the suspension frozen? Is it uh, – like, I don't understand what happens at that point. Well, here's um, what's
1: going to happen. First of all, I don't think that there will be an announcement of any kind until the process is completed because that's that's typically how this works, okay? so
0: The, the NFL's process? Yes. So Okay, not the legal process, the NFL's process.
1: Correct. Okay. Because okay. that's what we're talking about here. So right. what, what happened is, is – they will, uh, once the investigation is complete, Sue Robinson will look at everything and decide whether or not he sh- he violated the conduct policy. And if that the answer to that is yes, then she'll recommend the discipline. If the answer to that is no, then we're done. That's it. There's no appeal. Right. Either, you know the NFL can't appeal that. Okay, so then Deshaun, which he probably will because that's his right under terms of the CBA, he'll appeal whatever discipline's handed down. Once the appeal is completed, then I believe we'll get the announcement Deshaun Watson has been suspended by the league for X amount of games for violating the league's personal conduct policy, and we're done. We're not, I don't believe we'll get an announcement that he's been suspended before the appeal process has been completed. And one of the big reasons why the league does that is to. Uh, you know, n- not tarnish the players, so to speak, because if the player wins the appeal, then the fact that he's suspended probably, you know, shouldn't be out there. You know what I'm saying? So well, well, no, I don't I mean, anticipate look, I, we're going to get any type of an announcement from the league until Deshaun Watson's appeal gets heard.
0: I, I, I respectfully try to I, – I don't know if that's what's best for the NFL. I, I Like, if you're the NFL, you want – <sighs> If you're the NFL, I think you need to announce that he's suspended and that it's under appeal. And that then they have the – And people have are a second announcement that you reduced it? <laughs> well, well, it's not the league that would reduce it. It's And, by the way, they're not going to reduce it. So, uh, like, it, it, Sue Robinson can only um, – and uh, she can – there's really only one thing she can do. She can say, no, you shouldn't be suspended. It doesn't really matter what she says on the recommendation on the back end based on all the stuff that I've read on this, that if she says he gets suspended for two games and the league has already said six going into it, it's going to stay six. They're not going to change their mind. And that's because the NFL has the right. Roger Goodell has the right to do that. Um, And I almost think like the NFL is in a weird situation here because uh, let's just say uh, Sue Robinson says no suspension. Well, then the NFL can put their arms up and go, you know what, we wanted to give him eight games. We wanted to give him an entire season, but because of the collective bargaining agreement and his right to appeal, we had a federal judge who's supposed to be impartial to both sides say, no, the NFL, we did our job. We came out, we recommended what we thought was the deal, and so this is where we are here. The, the other part of it is, is if Sue Robinson comes out and says, yes, you tarnish the shield and uh, you're in violation, I think it's four games and the league has already said eight, the league's going to be like, no, we said eight, it's going to be eight, and that's it. It's over from that standpoint. So I I think there's some optics for the league here to say, you know, you go back to that one soundbite they did play in the piece where Roger said, we're not going to stand for domestic violence, and Roger can go, we even went further than what the federal arbiter said. We gave him more games. So I do think that they need to say what the suspension is first, go to uh, arbitration, and then come out with another verdict on this. And then you better hope that there's no new information and no indictments along the way. I do also think that it's better off that Deshaun Watson is – uh, what was the line? Deshaun Watson, if he does try to settle, and what we heard here is that there are four that do not want to settle, but if he does try to settle this case, to settle after the league makes their determination on what the punishment is. Uh, quickly, agree or disagree on that.
1: Yeah, I I think that that uh, would be reasonable that and that seems to be the focus of everyone right now to to get through the discovery phase of everything uh, and meet the judge's deadline for that and then the the other part of the focus is waiting for the NFL to complete their investigation. Do they need to talk to Deshaun again? Uh, uh, Rusty Harden uh, told us this week the NFL met with Watson for three days. Uh, Harden also met. Uh, with NFL investigators and uh, so it, it becomes a wait and see now uh, and again the commissioner this week at the owners meetings in Atlanta did say they are nearing the end of the investigative phase and then it goes uh, you know it goes into the review and hand down the discipline portion of things assuming there is discipline and then of course the appeals process that Watson's um, entitled to.
0: Okay, a lot of the digest there. I, I want to come back. I want to talk about the football impact of Deshaun Watson. So we're going to talk about that, what the players are saying about him, how camp looks, what what's the feel in Berea with him being there. So we're going to hear about that when we return. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed.